This is a Demon FM podcast. Please be warned, this podcast contains explicit themes. You are listening to Crimecast, the podcast where we talk about murder, mystery, and conspiracy. With us, Emily and Jasmine. Hello and welcome back to Crimecast. Um, today, Jasmine can't be with us, so I've got a special guest, Katie. Hello everyone, my name is Katie. <laughs> How are you? I am fine and dandy, thank you. Stressing a bit over deadlines, but all is good. How about you? I'm very well, very well. Early get up this morning, not too happy about that. No, not at all. Right, so in today's um, podcast, we're going to be talking about Shannon Matthews. And Shannon Matthews was a nine-year-old girl who was reported missing in Dewsbury, a small village in West Yorkshire on the 19th of February 2008. Okay, police emergency. Hiya, I want to talk about her missing, please. Nine. Right, how old is she? Nine. Nine. Yeah, when did you last see her? She went to school this morning. Right, have there been any arguments or anything? No, not at all. No. Have you been in touch with any of her friends or anybody like that? Everywhere I can think of her friends, wives and family and everything. And nobody at all? No. Any information or where she can be? No. Does she go to school and come back on her own normally then? Yes. Right, so you expected her home off at four o'clock back? About half a seat later she's coming back and me to work through. Does she have a mobile phone or anything like that? No, she's at home. Just, right, so she, there's no way of actually ringing to find no. out. But you've run around all the friends yes. and you've been in touch with all the relatives yes. and there's nowhere else that you've got left to look. No. Have you been in touch with the school? Or, 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 can they confirm whether she went to a normal time at 10 past me? Right. What the caller? Shannon Matthews. Has she been missing before? No, first time. And there's been nothing to, to, to intimate why she should go? No, no. So that was a 999 call that um, Shannon Matthews' mother, Karen, called to report her child missing. Um, the family lived on the Moorside Council estate, which wasn't a very affluent area. Shannon was one of seven kids. She was last seen at 10 past three outside of a school after they'd been swimming um, at the Dewsbury Sports Centre swim pool. The CCTV footage of her leaving. Yeah, and this like CCTV footage was put everywhere around the news because obviously it was the last time she was ever seen. It showed what she was wearing and it, the media really like pushed that. Her school was about half a mile away from her home, so when Shannon hadn't returned, her mother rang the police to report a child missing after going around to her family and friends, as was um, said in the police call. Um, she rang at 6.48, and as it said again in the police call, it was unlike her not to come home straight away. It was 6.48 when she rang, but that was actually three and a half hours since she was last seen, which is like ridiculous because she's literally a nine-year-old girl that her parents expected to walk home. Yeah, like it's to, not to wait that long. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, obviously it would take time to speak to family and friends, but yeah, three and a half hours. That's like, a long time. She's nine. How many people does she know? Really? Yeah. And I mean, when I was nine, I was walking to and from school by myself or like with a friend who lived next door to me. But I mean, the school was only down the road. And yeah. that's the only reason like my family would let me walk to school by myself. Mm. Like, But still, they were still cautious. Like, well, anyway, my family were. Well, yeah, like, yeah. Especially like after school clubs and stuff when it was starting to get dark. 
like say like football training or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like like you said, like there was a massive group of us because we all tended to live on the same like three streets that were yeah. back to back from each other. Yeah, and I mean it's February, so it's not like it's it light, dark pretty yeah, quick. Exactly. More than 200 West Yorkshire police officers were involved. And as, as we've said previously, the first 24 hours of a missing person case, especially a child, is vital in having hopes to find her. Yeah, especially alive. Like with the police, they were doing things like fingertip searches. So they, were, they would have a long line of police in like fields and things. And they would each be looking at the floor, hands down, searching for anything that could give evidence to where she might be or what might have happened that afternoon. And after days of not searching, um, Shannon Matthews, the case had become the largest police investigation in West Yorkshire since the Yorkshire Ripper case 30 years before. And by March, 10% of West Yorkshire's police were on this case. Now that's a lot of police. It was a massive, well, massive a, case. a very little vulnerable girl, yeah, isn't she? exactly. And they just couldn't find anything for ages. It was such a huge case. I remember it happening. The press was hot on the Matthews family, constantly wanting interviews and pictures of Karen and Craig, um, to which they happily complied. Mm. The Sun, a British newspaper, offered a reward of £20,000 for any information that could potentially lead to Shannon's safe return. This was later increased by £50,000, where Shannon had been missing for 20 days on the 10th of March. And obviously, that's a lot of money. Like There was a business that had tried to... They'd put forward like five thousand for yeah. return, and then the son, like once the media had like picked up on this, the son put in like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They were putting it on their the front pages of the newspapers every day. Like it was a lot. It was huge. It was nationwide, like big, big deal. And the day day later, like on the eleventh of March. The official like help us find Shannon website was launched, including the Shannon Matthews appeal. Uh, both websites were removed later. The media were drawn between who to give publicity to, um, as Madeline McCann, very well known, uh, British disappearance case. She had gone missing the previous May, and it was kind of shown that Shannon had been given a lot less publicity, and people may believe that this was because she was of a lower class to Madeline and the McCann family. And the Times noted that local communities came together, but the hunt to find Shannon was less newsworthy than any minor development in the search for McCann, who had been missing since the previous May. Karen Matthews at a press conference was reported to be clinging onto a small brown bear, making a desperate plea to whoever has her daughter. Um, BBC Radio 4 also had an interview with Karen and Craig Meehan, Karen's boyfriend, where they were questioned um, to whether Meehan had been violent towards Shannon and Karen had been criticised for leaving her seven children with him. And the seven children had five different fathers. Two of the children were registered as having unknown fathers. And this case developed quite a cruel like overtone. People kept asking questions that went like far beyond necessary lifting lid on uncomfortable hypocrisy circulating British society at this time. Natalie Murray, who was a good friend of Karen's, um, who lived two doors down away from the Matthew household, said that she'd knew from the first day when Shannon went missing that there was something wasn't quite right. And she could see in Karen's eyes. She had said she had this look 
Karen, where she wanted to tell you something, but what came out of her mouth was just completely different. I find that so weird. But you like, can tell, can't you? You can you tell can when tell. someone's being unhonest. Like I can't, because I, f- I feel like I'm quite a good judge of character. And like, yeah. especially if like someone that you're close to and you see every day, and they start start to act differently. Yeah, it would be a bit of a what are you doing, and especially when like you know, okay, you understand that Karen's daughter's gone missing, so she's she'd obviously be very upset. Yeah, and like people react differently, I guess. Yeah, but. Then there was also reports of, you know, Karen just going about her daily life without, like, a care. Yeah, like, being shown to be very cheerful and a bit really weird. But also odd that she didn't sort of press that at all. Like, she could could tell something was up and something wasn't quite right. Mm. But, you know, she... But like you said, like, maybe Natalie originally just thought, oh, okay, um this is a mother that's potentially grieving for yeah. like the disappearance of her child so maybe she just thinks okay I'll leave her to it for a little bit maybe she just going through a lot yeah yeah, yeah yeah I get that I get that right so 24 days after Shannon was missing um she was found by West Yorkshire police alive at 12 noon on the 14th of March 2008 she was found concealed in the base of a bed drugged crying and tied up on a long rope in the flat of 39-year-old Michael Donovan, who was the uncle to Craig Meehan, the boyfriend of Karen Matthews. Um, He was arrested at the scene, and there was also found, um, there was a long cord, like elasticated cord found on the ceiling with like a noose tied to the end and lots of like prescription drug packets. What do you think the noose thing was for? So, obviously it's an odd thing to just have in your house. Mm. Um... (laughs) So I suspect it was sort of she wouldn't be kept under the bed at all times, mm. but was allowed to roam parts of the house during the day, like possibly like use the bathroom yeah. oh, and stuff. Okay. So that's why it'd be Limit. elasticated. But like obviously she could only go so, so far. far. Yeah. That's horrible. That, that poor nine year old girl. Yeah. And just drugged up and not knowing and just so Yeah. So awful. Well, I mean, like, if she'd be drugged up, then she'd be a bit unstable anyway. Exactly. So then rocking around with an elasticated, that, that would that would really hurt I her. can't, yeah. Bloody hell. Like, I cannot imagine how that would be. Like, that really hurts, because I have, like, cousins that age. Yeah. And that, like, how anyone could do that mm. to a child, I just... It's looking at cases where, like, you've got family Mm. that are the same like similar age to victims and you're just like how can anyone try and hurt someone so innocent like that it makes no sense like it it becomes it becomes a bit more real like you start to like yeah more or like you can picture it more clearly yeah and empathize i guess yeah with the the victim more which when you read like true crime cases it's so difficult sometimes to like Remember, this is real. Yeah. Like, this actually happened. And this only happened, like, what, 12 years ago? Yeah. Absolutely. It seems worlds away, but it's really not. It really isn't, which is terrifying, honestly. Shannon was then placed under police protection and cared for by social services and remained subject to police protection for 72 hours. They would have kept her longer if the law hadn't prevented it, due to the fact that they were still unsure to what exactly happened and they wanted to make sure that she was being, like, looked after and was safe. So when Shannon had like shown signs of recovery from her shock and trauma, um, specially trained officers had began a 
questioning the nine-year-old um, to establish what happened. Um, this lasted several weeks in short 10-minute sessions to make sure that she wasn't like traumatised once yeah, again that's a- through the um, yeah. questioning process. It was three weeks after Shannon was found, Natalie, who had been a driving force in the search for Shannon, had helped Karen through what she had believed to be a traumatic time. Natalie had forced the confession out of Karen. Natalie knew that she was involved. She said, straight away, my gut was telling me something wasn't right. Karen was carrying on with normal things, tidying up the house, as if Shannon had just gone to a friend's. People had like seen her laughing, dancing, and asking if people had recognised her off the telly when she was out and stuff. And in relation to the bear at the press conference, Karen had came downstairs and asked Natalie, like, is this is this Shannon's? And um, Natalie was just unsure to whether it was. And like, it's just, it was just careless. Yeah, an odd thing to bring to a pref- press conference. When you don't even know whether it's your missing yeah. child. Like it shows, like, it gives off the impression of like empathy. And like, it's the same with, Madeline McCann's mum. Yeah, cuddly cat. Cuddly cat, exactly. And obviously, because this had happened with such like close yeah. proximity to each other, I always find that detail a bit sort of alarming. Yeah. Not not good. So Donovan um, was charged with kidnapping, false imprisonment, and committing acts intended to pervert the course of justice on the 17th of March. On the 6th of April, Donovan made an unsuccessful suicide attempt. 22-year-old Meehan was arrested April 2nd for possessing indecent pornographic images of children on his computer, which was seized from the house that he lived in with Karen. September 16th, he was sentenced to 20 weeks imprisonment. Only 20 weeks. Only 20, yeah. And there was a there was quite a few images. Yeah. And the fact that he lived with seven kids. Yeah. And none like, of them, none of the images were the children, which obviously didn't make it any better. No. But they and weren't it, any of Karen Matthews' children. Yeah, and and there was questions as to whether like this had anything to do with the case or whether it was found just because they happened yeah. to be looking yeah. in, into it. Like, I'm not sure if they know, to be honest, because obviously Meehan was the nephew of Donovan. Yeah. So who knows if there was some sort of bigger... Circle to that. Yeah, mm. exactly. Karen was arrested on April 6th on suspicion of attempting to pervert the course of justice. And interviews continued on the 7th. She was then charged April 8th, child neglect and perverting the course of justice. It is possible that Karen and Donovan's plan was influenced by an episode of Shameless, which featured a fake kidnap and aired a few weeks before Shannon was stuffed away and drugged under a bed. Odd thing to be replicating. Mm. I mean, that is not... You have to be mad to think that that is something that might work. Because there's two kind of theories as to why they did this mm. so there's obviously the link to the Maddie McCann case and then there's also the episode of Shameless and like I guess we'll speak about those later but other Meehan family members were also arrested on suspicion of perverting the, the course of justice they were later released on bail and it wasn't until November 2008 that Karen Matthews was remanded to face trial alongside Donovan in November 2008, the trial had heard evidence that Shannon had been drugged to subdue her whilst held. Newspapers had reported that the jury was told Shannon was drugged and restrained with a strap tied to a roof beam after her mother had hatched a plan to make £50,000 from her fake kidnap. And the jury was also told that Shannon was kept locked in a flat for 24 days by Donovan 
who police believed used a elasticated strap with a noose on the end to tether her when he went out. Also, a forensic toxologist found that um, they took samples of Shannon's hair and urine, urine to show what she'd previously taken, hair samples to show what might have been in her system more than two days um, prior. And they um, found tamazepam, which is a sleeping drug, and they also found um, travel sickness tablets, which obviously would cause drowsiness. But the tamazepam was um, found, it was found that she'd been taking it for 20 months prior to her disappearance, which I find absolutely insane. Yeah, because it's sort of like, what were they using it for? Were they planning it for this long or? Did they just? Was it just because? Was it neglect? Yeah. Which seven kids not getting them all to sleep at the same time yeah which it, it kind of shows what kind of family yeah issues were going on beforehand yeah she just had a bit of a rough rough life definitely donovan claimed that karen matthews had asked him to look after her daughter for several days and that they would make money from the newspaper awards he told the court that she'd threatened him with violence but on the 27th of November, Karen Matthews gave evidence sobbing throughout and she denied having anything to do with her daughter's disappearance, saying that Meehan had told her to take the blame for what had happened. She said she did so because she was scared of him. In cross-contamination, Julian Goose, QC, said that she had told police a total of five different versions of the story accused her and accused her of telling lie after lie after lie. Yeah, so she was telling so many lies. Like, she was... Because she wasn't telling the truth, she was creating all these stories and couldn't remember what story she had already like told. So she was just kept telling lies and lies, and they would contradict each other. Mm. And the police were just like not having any of it. Basically, she just got too caught up in her she, own lies. And she was a very looking at like police footage mm. and um, press footage as well. You can see she's a very very vulnerable woman. Definitely, like not not very intelligent. She she seems to be. Like easily manipulated, manipulated. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So when saying like things like that, her boyfriend had told her to take the blame. Yeah, you know, like how how I could she know. trust him so much? Like over making her daughter disappear. Yeah, but like, like how does she value him more than the daughter when but, she's only been with him a couple of? But you can like see it though. Yeah, you can see that that could be a possibility. Mm. Um, just yeah, the, she wasn't um. Very uh, assertive yeah. at all. Um, Close friend to Karen Matthews again, Natalie Murray, um, said that she could see when people were using her and taking advantage, and she just got talked into doing a lot of things by a lot of people who she thought were her friends. So that like sort of relates to how we saw through our own research, yeah, about Meehan like controlling her, manipulating her into doing things. Exactly, and the fact that it's like people she thought were her friends. It also relates to the fact that. When she was out and about, if people were looking at her, she'd get excited that she'd been recognised off yeah. the telly. Like she was obviously, she wasn't conscious about they were looking at her for, you know, because they were thinking, oh gosh, what a horrible situation. Yeah. And she was just like, oh, I'm a celebrity now. Well, yeah, exactly. And she might have thought, oh, look how popular I am, and maybe mm. she hadn't been before. Yeah, and, oh, like, yeah, not not nice at all. Like, I do have some some sympathy for yeah. Karen Matthews, but. Yeah, only 
about five <laughs> percent. Just a thimble. And then and then like the rest is just what an evil disgust. Woman. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So on the 4th of December 2008, Karen Matthews and Michael Donovan were found guilty of kidnapping, false imprisonment and perverting the course of justice. The plan had been for Donovan to release Shannon at Dewsbury Market, drive around the corner to discover her and then take her to the police station and claim the £50,000 reward. And they planned that this would be split between Donovan and Karen Matthews. On the 23rd of January 2009, they were both sentenced to eight years in prison. Which Karen Matthews was released after four years in 2012, serving only half of her sentence. Whereas by this time, Donovan had already been released. Yeah, odd that mm. they'd only served four years or less yeah. for keeping a nine year old girl hostage for 24 days. Yeah. That's a long time. Like, I cannot imagine like the trauma that that girl exactly, had to go through yeah. for only the, per- the people. To be, yeah, half a sentence or less in Donovan's case. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Exactly. But Karen Matthews was then given a new name for to use in public, although authorities did not consider her mentally capable of maintaining a completely new identity, and she will retain her real name for engagements with officials. Shannon was given a new identity and placed with a foster family. Apparently, from the trial to years after, Shannon suffered with horrific nightmares and needed regular psychotherapy counselling. All the other kids needed it as well and were also put into new foster families. Yeah, it, it was very obvious from this that Karen Matthews and... She uh, just wasn't capable just, they, to look they after they children. They could not look after kids. And the fact that they had seven, like, my word. And Shannon wasn't the oldest kid no, either. Like, she wasn't the youngest these, either. These kids went through a lot. Yeah. Like, obviously before and during Shannon's mm. disappearance, like, they had not been looked after, which is very, very sad. Mm. Um, and Shannon's disappearance sparked panic across the nation. So now we're going to talk about the link between Shannon Matthews and the Maddie McCann case, as Shannon only disappeared nine months after Madeleine McCann had in Portugal. And for months, the TV in the Matthews' living room had showed pictures and videos of Maddie with ongoing news reports wanting her parents to return her safely. Yeah, I remember when this all happened and there was so much, like, fear. Because obviously, I like... We were quite similar we, we, age. We were the same age as Shannon Matthews um, when this was all happening. And there was so much fear in my year that, like, there'd be people... Like, it just seemed as though... Kids snatchers, exactly. yeah. And obviously watching... I know it sounds silly... Watching things like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, true, and the Child Catcher, I there was so much fear of my little, you know, eight year old brain mm. that some guy in a van was gonna like snatch me on the way back from school. Yeah, I do. I remember us having like a bit of an assembly about like the Maddie McCann thing because obviously mm. she, she was, although Maddie was a little bit younger than us, it was still quite like prevalent to us. Yeah, yeah, and it was scary. Mm. Like it really was scary. I remember being absolutely terrified walking home from school and stuff mm, i remember maddie only disappeared a couple of days after my birthday and it was like weird because i remember i'd had my birthday party or something in the day and then like this came on in the news at night and i was like whoa yeah oh my god yeah yeah that's bringing back some horrible memories of just like fear yeah and i i can but i like can imagine this was a fear for a lot of young kids yeah. around the country. Children are just vulnerable. Like exactly. people can take advantage of their vulnerabilities and just put them in situations that are just But it shows that like me 
a little eight-year-old yeah. was aware of this. Mm. Which is sad. It shows the yeah. effect that it had on the nation that, you know... People of all ages were affected. It wasn't just... Definitely. Parents. But then detectives thought that Matthew settled on the idea of kidnap after seeing how much money poured into the McCann Fund and the amount of press that Kate and Cherry received. Um, Karen Matthews copied Kate McCann's appeal almost word for word when she shed crocodile tears for the press. I need a home. If anyone's got my beautiful princess, bring her home. Obviously having that little stuffed bear that she wasn't even sure, like very similar to Kate McCann's um, cuddle cat, was it? Mm. Um, Just to bring that like, to help the um, audience like empathise with her. And I saw that... um Again, Natalie. Natalie's been a big help in like understanding the, the the mind of Karen Matthews. But she'd also said that um, Karen and Craig had never called Shannon a princess. So it's like, why is she doing it now? Yeah, very. It's very staged, wasn't it? it obviously, seems. it is because obviously it was a fake kidnap. But it was even obvious yeah, to other people. Yeah, obviously the. Um, Kate McCann press conference was still very like prevalent at this time and it was still being shown and it was still sort of fresh in people's minds for then this northern woman to be coming on saying almost exactly the same thing Mm. in a very similar situation it just seemed very odd and out of place to a lot of people and I feel like this is when a lot of people were already beginning to suspect maybe something wasn't quite right yeah um because the amount of media attention they were getting but it was it was how they were portraying themselves in the media. They seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. And I remember this being really odd. And I remember my mum, like, she she's a very cynical woman. But she <laughs> she uh she had suspected something wasn't quite mm. right just because of the way that they were acting on telly. Mm. Um Yeah, um Detective Superintendent Andy Brennan labelled Matthews pure evil and explained how the McCann case gave them the idea, the fund money especially, and it was clearly clear that the McCann case was still in everyone's mind. Karen Matthews is just pure evil. It's difficult to understand what type of mother would subject her own daughter to these wicked evil crime. Yeah, and it's not the like, first case of like a mother doing this to her own child in the country, obviously Rose West, mm. bad, bad woman. But, yeah, how psychologically it just doesn't work for a mother to go, like, no. and do that to her own child. Yeah. Like, that, like we've said before, there was obviously a lot of neglect and psychological issues involved in this way before the disappearance of Shannon Matthews. Yeah, well, the Daily Telegraph described um, a dysfunctional family where children equaled benefits to Karen Matthews and a claim that was supported by Shannon's aunt, Julie Poskett. The welfare state was heavily scrutinised for other cases of child abuse being the result of culture greed that developed since the introduction of child benefits in the 1970s. People had also criticised social workers who were under pressure from the local governments to reduce the number of children on the child protector register, including Shannon Matthews in 2005, as social workers thought the family was settling down. Yeah, so... What that basically meant was because the government had gone through so much like scrutiny 
of how much money they were giving out mm. um, and how much money they were spending on the protection of children, especially in like less affluent areas mm. like the Moorside council estate, um, because they kind of believed that these people were having children to get money Benefits, from the yeah. government. Um, and obviously this would put them into bad circumstances where social services, another government funded thing, mm. would have to pay, like, you know, they'd spend money on Trying social to get workers. Trying children out of the situation, yeah. Putting them under protective cases. And Shannon Matthews was in one of those. Yeah. And when the government was scrutinised for this... Took her off the register, which then, like, three years later, obviously this had happened. Yeah. I mean, they were living with a paedophile. Mm. <laughs> like... They were on that register for, for a reason. reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. It just. It's heartbreaking. Like it's just such. Like my heart just sort of goes out to Shannon because she was so innocent and like she obviously seemed so vulnerable. Yeah, and like she was just so easily like her life was just destroyed from such an early age just yeah. because her parents couldn't look after her. And they were putting her in situations that, like, were so scarring and, like... Yeah. She was it, She was in a situation where she was just set up to fail from yeah. the start. And that's awful. I feel sorry for the um, other children, too. Because, mm. obviously, they've had to go through awful things where they realised that, you know, the mother and their father figure or father was not... Well, they weren't the people that they thought, thought they were. Thought they were going to be, Yeah. Exactly, and they just, just, and everyone they just wants so to, much better. Yeah, everyone wants to be able to say, oh, my mum's amazing, my dad's amazing. But, like, you literally can't say that about them. No, not at all. Like, even if Mian had nothing to do with the case, yeah. he was still a paedophile. Yeah. Like, there is no, there is no good outcome of yeah. this case, and it is awful. It really is a proper, like, tragedy, this case. Like, the fact that there's children involved, obviously, just hurts even more yeah yeah because no child starts to go through that especially because like you can hardly say oh it's the child's fault because god no do you know what i mean like it's just the parents incapability of looking after them and being like um daily telegraph had said like it's just culture greed yeah they they cared about that fifty thousand more than they cared about About the child like my word (laughs) is that just vile Mm, yeah we're going to finish that off there. Katie, I hope you enjoyed being on the first podcast. I did enjoy the podcast as much as one can enjoy talking about the Shannon Matthews case. True. It was a lovely experience talking to you about it, though. Yeah. So More than welcome to come along oh, anytime. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. Um, I'll see you later, podcast people. <laughs> hope you enjoy your week and I'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Oh no, is it over? Well, don't worry, because if you head on over to Demon FM Podcasts on Anchor, you can listen to all of our other podcasts, as well as keep an ear out for any new episodes. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Go on, have a listen. I support you.